Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Arteaga. Chris Kaufman is here. Simon Clancy is not here because he is on holiday. Uh, Chris, how many holidays does this man take, man? Well, I, I think it means something different over there. I don't it, know. It, like, it I, I feel like I feel like this is one of those things where, like, you know, they call they call a they call a cookie a biscuit, and and I, I think like his holiday just means that he's running to the store or something like that. Like we were off for almost damn near two months. And now he's on vacation again? Hey, you know, sometimes vacations go a little long. It's good work if you can get it, right? I, I just I just I just came up with I mean, my my voice is all fucked up along with yours, but um uh you know, for for much the same reasons except mine was actually COVID. Um but uh no, I just got back from a a, a five, six day trip to San Antonio. So Yeah. Well, as always, this show is brought to you by Price Picks. Use promo code five F five V E. You deposit one hundred dollars, you get one hundred dollars. It's a one time rollover, so take it. F I V E, and of course, Better Edge. Go to Better Edge slash five reasons. The number five reasons. You sign up. BetterEdge.com slash five reasons. You get twenty dollars just for signing up, and of course. Uh, a shout out to SKD Studios. They've been sponsoring our OnlyFans trivia contests. Um, nice, you know, which is which is pretty nice, right? Like it's, yes. I, th- I think it's, I think it's insane that we charge people three dollars a month and then we sponsor on top of that, <laughs> or it makes us really, really savvy businessmen. <laughs> I, I don't think there's, I don't think you could attribute the word savvy to us uh, so easily. <laughs> But yeah, you know, if you are a member of OnlyFans and you participate in our trivia contests, uh, SKD Studios, you can shop designer furniture, lighting, decorative accessories, and more online at skdstudios.com slash shop. They are sponsoring the prizes that we give away on that show every single month. And we will do those shows the first week of every single month. Of course, join OnlyFans, $3 a month. You can get uh, the instructions on how to join at our three yards per carry Twitter account. Well, uh, Chris, it's been it's been months, man, but football's finally here, or a facsimile thereof. Is it, is it really though? I mean, 
we're just we're like we're we're finally here. But football is not finally. Yeah, we're actually here doing yet. podcasts. So yeah, so we, we we have to at least fake it like football's here. Yeah, everything in its due time. First, the the podcasts like restart their engines. Well, tomorrow and, uh, guys will be throwing footballs and catching them. Does that, that qualify is, as football? That, is, that that is an improvement. I, I'll tell you that is an improvement. I, I'm not sure that's real football yet, but uh, but yeah, let that I'll, I'll take it. Well, we're gonna go over the defense first. Then we're gonna go to break, and then we'll get into the offense, and we'll talk about the camp battles. And we're gonna be brief about mm-hmm. it because there's not much to talk about until we actually see what's happening. But let's talk about the the secondary first. Uh, I I foresee no surprises except I'll start here. Uh, Noeg Benagini, does he see the first preseason game? Oh, the first preseason game. You don't even think he's going to make it there. I think they'll try to ship him out. Like, why would you waste snaps that you could give Cam Smith? Like, I'd like Cam Smith to play. They're going to play three preseason games, right? So I would say I would like to see Cam Smith play a hundred snaps in the preseason. Yeah, but but ship them where and to who, for how much? <laughs> like, how much are we going to have to give somebody to take him? I don't know, man. I don't think it's that hopeless. I think uh, a conditional seventh. Good, guy's a good athlete. He's still young. You know. Well, uh, you know, here's the thing. Like, you know, uh, the thing that anybody trading for him knows. And yeah, you, you're right. It's 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 not going to be. A negotiation and as much as like, you know, oh, hey, we want a, a fifth round pick and, and somebody else is, no, no, we're, we're at a seventh. This is not going to be that. We're, we're lucky to get anything, right? Um, so a conditional seventh, whatever, you know, it's, it's probably, it's probably a non-issue. The issue is the, is the cash that he's owed, you know, this mm-hmm. year. And, um, and I was just, I was just, tweeting about this a little bit earlier like um you know you you could legitimately stack him up um among some of our most problematic assets uh for for the dolphins you know if you're looking at guys that are that are making that are making in cash money more than they're worth i mean he's making over two million dollars this year Hmm. um and i know that doesn't seem like a lot uh in nfl terms but you know when it, when teams are trying to scrape that last million or two, you know, and and you're sitting here uh, lowballing Dalvin Cook, <laughs> you know, um, and 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 because you don't necessarily are not flush with money in cap space, you know that that two million dollars can make a difference. I, I wonder what team is just going to welcome that two million dollars onto their roster in order to take a chance on um on him for i don't know a couple weeks before the the season starts like they're gonna see what they need to see for that couple weeks that to make that decision about whether to cut him or not i don't know it's it's a tough it's a tough um tough decision um or a tough thing to i guess uh project one way or another whether some somebody steps up to the plate what i know is that everybody knows that if the Dolphins, if if he was showing the Dolphins any promise, they would be keeping him. Yeah. So everybody knows there's you know, every every team out there knows that this is this is a big time disappointment. So they they'd just be taking a total flyer on it. 
Now, the rest of the, the cornerback group, the cornerback unit, you know, I think it's pretty straightforward. Like, I don't think there's much to to debate here. Like, we know who are the headliners. Uh, we know that Nick Needham is going to start on Pup, or should start on Pup, although they didn't announce it. Uh, he had an Achilles injury um, first third of the season. Stands to reason he will not be ready to open the season this year. So, I doubt we see him in training camp. Like, this is just a guess, but it's a very educated guess. So, once we move past Nick Needham, we know about Cam Smith. I would like to see him get a lot of snaps. But past them, it's just Tino Ellis. I don't know anything about Ethan Bonner, but he's he's off of Pup, and he's going to pl- be playing. But the rest of the guys, like, you know, we kind of know who are going to be the headliners. Justin Bethel is going to be a, a special teams ace. So will Kean Crossan. And they're the break glass in case of emergency emergency guys. It's Xavier Howard. It's Jalen Ramsey. It's Kater Kohu. And it's going to be Cam Smith, I would say, as the fourth guy to at least start the season. Um, and, yes, we are, you know, we're not counting Noah Benogany there. But uh, any thoughts on the rest of these guys? And does Trill Williams train on as a cornerback, or you foresee him maybe playing safety? Well, you know, he's 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 signaled a lot about his move to safety. He and his and and family members of his. So it's not this is not necessarily something that we're just pulling out of nowhere here. Um, so yeah, I think that he's probably going to work there some. But even when they do that. It's hard to say whether this is like a real full-time position switch, like just you know, hey, we're we're taking the sticker off, uh, off of uh, you know what it says for your position here, and then we're putting a new sticker on. Like, uh, I, it's hard to say whether that. Is, and if it's not that, then then he is going to be working both positions and being more versatile, um, and and which means that he figures into the corner mix, which is important because there's only so many spots there. Right now, Noah Igmanogany probably is that fifth guy. Um, you know, uh, especially from the standpoint of Chris Greer not wanting to give up on him so fast, uh, especially heading into a new system. Now, is this system really meant for him? Is, does it seem like you would, Absolutely you would not. design? Yeah, you would, it doesn't seem like you would draft him to play in this system. You no. would have drafted him from Auburn to play in the system. Um, but you know, what you don't know is what you don't know, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so, and so I think that, uh, they will, there will be an effort to find out, you know, cause who knows, <laughs> who knows? We've seen weird, we've seen weird, plenty of weird shit happen where, uh, you know, you change the system and a guy, uh, you didn't think that you could play in the system, but man, he's, <laughs> he's taken to it. You know, it, it, it does happen. So, um, so they're gonna want to they're gonna want to see see what they can. You're, you're right. Nick Needham's probably gonna be on um, physically unable to perform for a while. I don't know whether he's gonna do that for the regular season. I thought, but but certainly he's gonna give them a couple of weeks in camp where they're gonna see uh, a little bit more out of uh, out of Cam Smith, um, and they'll probably have a lot of focus on that. But um, but otherwise, otherwise, you know. Noah's gonna be there. <laughs> he's kind of like you know he's he he just doesn't disappear. It's like Wallpaper. Miles Gaskin. Wallpaper. Well, it's, it's, it's like you know it's like Miles Gaskin, man. The guy the guy just keeps being here. Like the dish of peanuts at a at a steakhouse. <laughs> it's there. You really don't want to partake, but it's like eh, it's nice. It's there. You know. 
All right, I, I've seen Tino Ellis play. Um, it's a guy, you know, good player. It's a do guy. You, do you know anything about Ethan Bonner and, and Bryce Thompson? That's that rounds out the group because if not, man, we could pencil in the eight or nine guys like now. Yeah, I believe Bryce Thompson can play. Okay. Um, I believe he can play. Uh, I, I don't know much about Ethan Bonner. Um, you know, obviously he just got off of, uh, he just got off of the physically unable to perform list himself. So we'll see. Um, I have heard good things about him, you know, but you can hear good things about all these players. Um, I will say though, that I think that, I think that Bryce Thompson can play. Uh, so we'll see, you know, uh, Ethan Bonner, I'm a little, little surprised that he's not a safety uh to be honest but you know that's that's another that's another thing altogether um do you want do you want do you know what his athletic you know stuff is no no idea no you don't know the uh the whole anthro and and so he's 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 six foot one even Hmm. you know uh so he's a tall he's a tall dude and that's um by the way if you're looking up now this roster you start with Start with Jalen uh, Ramsey. I mean, you know, he's he's tall dude. Yeah, <laughs> Jalen Ramsey. He's a big dude. Cam Smith, tall, big dude. You know, um, and and then Xavier Howard. If you go back, if you go back to what Xavier's, um, what he was when he when he actually came out, and I, I think it was probably just barely over. Um, just barely over six feet. So he's not like the full six foot one and plus that you're seeing with some other guys. But even so, I mean, this is, we're, we're building a roster of tall corners. Um, if you really look at it, uh, and I'm not going to include Ethan Bonner in there as if he's making the roster, but Mm -hmm. you know, still it's a, it's, it's an interesting theme. All right. Moving on to the safeties. Uh, that's another unit that, if you just look at it on paper, like, okay, we got our guys. Brandon Jones, Deshaun Elliott, Javon Holland leads the group, Verone McKinley, Elijah Campbell. And then they have Bennett Williams, Kedron Smith. I don't know who these guys are as as well. I guess we'll see them play. Um, anything to surprise us from this unit? And by uh, the way, we do I, have I good news. Brandon Jones will be uh, – this is something that we, we reported on OnlyFans early before. And by the way, we are recording this. With a live studio audience on OnlyFans for the very, very first time. So if it sounds like crap, uh, too bad. Uh, we're going to keep doing it uh, on OnlyFans. Well, if it sounds like crap, just blame our our uh, respective sicknesses that we're getting over. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that, um, I, we're kind of, yeah, the unit's kind of static. Or do you know anything about Bennett Williams, Kedron Smith? Uh not as much about Bennett Williams, although, you know, Oregon safety drink. Um, mm-hmm. But Hedron Smith, I know, can play. Um, you know, I've seen him play. Uh, and I think that uh, he was a good collegiate player. He's not he's not necessarily an impressive, a super impressive athlete, but I, I do think that he can play. And it would be interesting to me to um, to see, you know, what they have in store for him here. Uh, in, in in Vic Fangio's defense, I guess. Um, so we'll see. But I I know that that, that guy can play. So I I will I will have some. I don't know, slight interest, relatively speaking, some interest in him. All right, moving on to the linebackers, and uh, we're gonna do this uh, the way that 
that Vic Fangio kind of sets up his defense because he always has his edge player. Sometimes uh, everybody calls it something different, but that's usually because everybody wants to sound like they have the nuclear codes, right? So it's a two-by-two. So they have usually the edge player standing up, so they call them linebackers, and sometimes one gets in a three-point stance and the other one is standing up, and therefore it gives it that 3-4 look, but it's not. So we're just going to take the interior linebackers, essentially. Although some will be – there's going to be wills, there's going to be scrapes, there's going to be fills in here. There's going to be all types of linebackers. But it's really just five. And it's David Long, Channing Tindall, Duke Riley, Jerome Baker, of course, who I think is going to have a big year. Uh, I think he fits this defense perfectly. And the new shooter is Aubrey Miller, who is obviously here to play the Alandon Roberts role, which means if they take an injury – they're going to play a little bit more conventional. And Aubrey Miller's going to be shooting two gaps over and over and over again. Did, uh, you, uh, did, you, did you name Andrew Van Gengel? Because he, 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 he needs to be named in this group. That's a, good, that's a good shout and a good catch because I have him on my list as the edge players. But, yeah, you're right. Like, if you count how many edge players they got, like, obviously somebody has to go and, pl- and play elsewhere. So maybe Van Gengel is the one that's moving off of the edge and playing inside a little bit more. So let's throw him in there. Yeah, absolutely. So they're sick. Yeah, he is. He is definitely. He is a hundred percent moving. Uh, you know, to to off the ball positions, um, and and also, you know, he's he's going to play. He's going to play on the ball and off the ball, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you had to, if you had to, um, you know, square peg, round hole, whatever, uh, and try and say that when they go to base defense and they got three linebackers out there and you're not going to, you're not going to sit here and you're not going to count Jalen long or sorry, Jalen Phillips is one of those linebackers. You're not going to count, um, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, you know, Bradley Chubb as one of those linebackers, right? Hmm. Uh, if, if you're talking about base defense, which isn't used that often and there's three linebackers out there, Andrew Van Ginkle is that third linebacker to go with Jerome Baker and David Long. Um, so, you know, think of him as the old Koamisi, you know, Sam guy to me. And, and that's what I think, that's where I think we're going to see him. Play. Yeah, let me let me interject something here uh, as far as base defense. Like, if anybody thinks that you're going to see three linebackers out there, they're going to try to avoid it as much as possible, and I'll tell you why. When you try to play base and most teams like to play 11 personnel, which is three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back. And if you try to play base against that, you almost 1,000% have to be in single high because you just won't have the numbers to cover the flat or even the middle, which means you, you can't play that two-deep shell that he likes to play, Vic, meaning Vic Fangio. So I would venture to guess you will, you will never see. <laughs> you know, It'll be a rare occasion when you see three linebackers on the on the field but yeah go ahead yeah i mean i I don't know if it's going to be supremely rare but um but i think that you know it's 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 going to be a base you know their their foundational defense is going to be is going to be nickel Mm -hmm. um and i think that you know that's that's fair to say um but you know is are they gonna uh are they going to play no base? I, I, I just don't. I, I don't necessarily see that 
you know um so i, I think that uh i think that there is going to be some usage of andrew graham ginkle as an off-ball linebacker i would say this um, not, I would say this. not 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 just as the backup to uh-huh. david long and uh and and um jerome baker i think you will never see it against 11 personnel is what i, I would say yeah i mean that, that's 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 tricky to begin with because almost nobody does that anyway. Except the Forty um, ers they're the only ones that that try to roll out there well, with three linebackers against your eleven personnel. Well, that's that's because that's just situational. Yeah, you know that's um some sometimes in New England will do will get away with this too is you know um yeah you can you can throw out your you can throw out your um your uh, what do we call it a nickel offense it's eleven mm-hmm. personnel or something like that but. You can throw that out, but you're in you're you're throwing out a nickel offense, but you're in a base situation. So we're gonna you know we're gonna stay in base. Um, that happens. Doesn't happen that frequently, anyway. Uh, you know, so so really, it's it's probably much ado about nothing. When somebody's got eleven out there, you're going into nickel. When somebody's got you know um, ten out there, you're going into dime. Uh, it, there's there's I don't know that there's a whole lot of uh, coloring outside the lines there all right we're gonna move on to the the defensive line and we're gonna start with the edge players uh another unit that seems cut and dry uh jalen phillips probably will be the headliners malik reed was signed to play i believe van Ginkle can fill in in there you got mitchell good and cameron good making his return for a second year and garrett nelson who i don't know too much about uh, your thoughts on this unit past the obvious headliners? Like, I'd, I'd be interested to see how Malik Reed, you know, what Malik Reed looks like, especially rushing against Austin Jackson. But Mitchell Agood, Cameron Good, Garrett Nelson, these guys gonna have a chance. Uh, Malik Reed is gonna look interesting, in as much as he's gonna look like your pretty classic um, outside speed rusher. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to look like that. That's, that's the way that, you know, he looks, it doesn't mean that every single rush of his is going to be the outside speed rush. I'm not saying that, but it's, mm. um, it's going to come off that way. And he's a guy that, you know, I've, I've actually, I actually looked at quite a bit when he was coming out in Nevada, um, long time ago. Um, but, uh, you know, so he is going to figure in and they, one thing about Vic Fangio is the upfront players, you know, rotating those bodies, keeping them fresh. It's very important to him. It's one of the reasons why we will talk about later that, um, you know, we, we think there's room for more defensive tackle um, on this roster. Uh, and we'll see if the Dolphins actually agree with that or not. But, um, yeah, so you'll, you'll see him. You'll see him in rotation. Uh, and he's kind of a speed rusher. And you'll see, you know, the guys that on our roster that struggle with that. <laughs> You know, that's um, well. There are guys in our roster that struggle with pretty much everything, but um, I think uh, I think Mitchell um, uh, Agood. All right, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Do you? I mean, I think it's Agood. I, th- I think that's it's that's... A, okay. All right. Well, I'll t- I'll take it then. Um, but I did I did watch quite a bit of him uh, at Miami, and I was I was intrigued. I think that's a good player, and uh, and I. I have not really seen much out of Cameron Good, to be honest. Um, you know, I, I, I know other people talk about him and, and you know, started to become big fans of his and whatnot, but I, I just, 
haven't really seen that myself. So I think that the guy that's going to, I'm not saying he's going to make the roster, but you know, there's, there's slots on the team and in the team's orbit, so to speak, um, where the young guys are kind of kept around and trained on practice squad and whatnot. And I wouldn't be surprised to see, um, a, you know, a good end up with that position ahead of camera. Good. All right. Uh, the rest of the defensive line, like we, we kind of know the headliners there as well. Like this is a ready-made defense. Like they put this thing together and we kind of know who's going to be playing a lot of snaps week one. But I look at the rest of this of this defensive line, and uh, I know I brought him up on a, in a previous podcast, Randy Charlton. Uh, he's expected to actually play. Um, he he has rave reviews so far. But, man, like the rest of this, like Jalen Twyman, Anthony Montalvo, Brandon Peely, I think they, they got to, you know, you got some cap space, start using it on a backup zero and another five tech because – I don't think they have enough. I don't think they have enough in that unit, and it's probably the best, the most talented unit on the team. Uh, you agree, right? Yeah, particularly backup zero. But this mm-hmm. is where um, this is where you know Man- Manny Ogba is going to figure in here as as one of those bigger body defensive li- defensive end defensive uh, linemen, and you you have to figure him in here probably more than you figure him in as like a, you know, Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb, Malik Reed, or even, even Andrew Van Ginkle, who's going to be kind of moonlighting and doing two positions. Um, I think you're going to stick Manny Agba in, in with, you know, guys like Zach Sealer uh, and Christian Wilkins uh, who are going to play um, defensive end positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, five technique and whatnot. Um, I don't think. I I don't think that Brandon Peely is enough at backup nose tackle. I just don't. Um, uh, nothing against him. Uh, it's just it, it's hard for me to see heading into the season with you know. Hey, Raekwon Davis is is not going. I understand this isn't a full position though. Mm-hmm. You know this is. We're we're kind of we're kind of arguing about it like we would um, a fullback uh, in this you know a fullback in this offense which actually uses the fullback but but still like you know we're talking about those types of snaps it's like a you know kind of a half position um, and so it's understandable that you're not going to be deep at a position that's really like a half position. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I just don't know that Brandon, Brandon Pilly is enough, especially with the way Vic Fangio likes to rotate those those up front guys and keep them keep them all uh, fresh. So, you know, that's 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 going to be interesting to see see that shake out because I, I I'm I'm still blanking really on what's going on behind Raquan Davis. Yeah, I completely agree. Like you know, they don't they don't have enough. They just don't have enough. Um, Trey Flowers is still out there. That's a guy I'd, I'd make a call immediately. Uh, what's the name of the guy from? I was draw a blank when I try to say this guy. Not Indomitian Sue, the other guy that signed with the Eagles last year. Uh, right before, what was his name? Uh, you're you're not talking about Indomitian Sue? No, not Indomitian Sue. The, the zero that signed with them. That he signed he signed along with Indomitian Sue. 
Oh, he signed. He signed at the same time. Um, oh, you got who, who? Who the hell are you talking about? Who the um, hell was that guy? That, that's it's a... uh, yeah. man, because I not, looked at not him. Marvin Wilson, Linval Joseph, Linval Joseph. There he is. Yeah. Like he'd be perfect. Yeah. Like you need a guy to play eight, yeah. ten snaps. There he is. Yep. Yep. You know, I uh, mean, like... a guy that I don't know. He's he's not on the roster. I don't think. Um, no, no, but, he's, you he's know, a guy... agent. He's a free agent right now. No, no, but I mean, like a guy that um, that you know Simon and I keep bringing up uh, over and over again is Akeem Hicks. Did he uh, did he sign anywhere? He's out there, still out there. He's out there. He is. He might. Be, frankly, it might be one of those guys that you just keep on speed dial. Like mm-hmm. uh, considering Akeem Hicks has played in this defense before, a lot. Yes. Uh, in, in Vic Fangio's defense, um, and he is. You know, he he would fit right in in place of Raekwon Davis as you know the the half position sort of nose tackle kind of guy. Um, considering all that, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if the Dolphins just kind of feel comfortable having him on speed dial. Mm-hmm. And you I would tell I mean? yeah, and I would tell our listeners yeah, and I would tell our listeners like you know if you're going to be really nervous about oh you know holy crap it's the second preseason game and we still haven't addressed the backup zero. These positions tend to be some that, like, it's uh, Charger Week. It's Tuesday. Hey, the Dolphins just signed up Keem Hicks. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that is fair. Yeah, those big, guys, fair those big guys do not need or want those 45 days in August, okay? Yeah. And, and no, July. It's, it's completely, completely fair. And, uh, and it's, not like, it's not like they have a lot to digest. And it's it's one thing if they haven't played in your style at all before, yeah. right? Like even your style of front, um, then that's a, that's an acclimation process. But if you're talking about guys that that have already played in your style, and, and these are these are just these can be weekly mercenaries. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, I guess we could call it right here. Well, we're gonna go to break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about the offense. But first, these words. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage to your home or business? Are you having trouble locating a five-star rated general contractor that is fully licensed, certified, and insured? If the answer is yes, then Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, Jorge, and their team is prepared to handle any size property damage disaster. 
When an unexpected damage occurs to your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. Their objective is to make the cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed general contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that business homeowners and business owners require. Water Cleanup of Florida is now an authorized dealer of Eurocraft cabinets, so premier kitchen, bath, and laundry cabinetry, countertops, and other accessories are available for your viewing at their showroom in Boca Raton. Or, do you prefer to shop from your home or office? Then Water Cleanup will send you one of our design specialists to you with samples and products that fit your style and budget. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone if you have any questions at 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six. That's nine five four five seven nine zero three five six. Or visit the website at wcufl.com. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And please check out their more than eighty five star reviews on Google and Facebook. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to Three Yards Per Carry. And we're back. All right. Now let's talk about this this offense. Let's start with the the sexiest position, um, the wide receivers. Another another unit that we kind of know, you know, who the headliners are going to be. So we're going to talk about, you know, the guys that might not be on this team very 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 long. Uh, Cedric Wilson has to get traded eventually. No, like there's no way he has no value. Like he has to have some value. This is a good football player. You know, he had a market. A year ago, uh, is he here by the first preseason game, Chris? I don't see. I don't see. I don't see how he cannot be here. Um, hmm. Unfortunately, uh, and and I say that because if you're looking at contracts that are problematic contracts um, for the Dolphins right now, and you you take a look at this, I was making the point earlier. You know, I don't think we in the NFL are all that good at looking at these uh, these contracts and these players um, as assets the way that the NBA does, uh, because with including you know negative assets um, because of the, the the money guarantees. Like in the NBA, it's quite com- common to if you're going to unload a contract off of off of your your books. You're gonna have to compensate somebody for that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, in the NFL, you know, oh God, you know, pearl clutching. If if, if you were to trade, <laughs> if you were to trade a player for negative value, you know, it's it's like, well, that just is not done here, you know. And and I I think that that's the situation that you'd have to be in with Cedric Wilson, um. And because of his, I mean, he's, he's due $7 million of cash. And I, I don't know who wants to, in a world that won't pay Dalvin Cook $7 million, yes. why are you going to pay, why are you going to pay Cedric Wilson $7 million? You know, uh, like I, I don't, I would not understand that move coming from another team. Now, something the Dolphins could start to breach the subject of, and maybe they've already outlined it, who knows, um, is, is maybe they offer to, to pay some of it, you know, to uh, to make him to make him cheaper for the acquiring team, and that way they can trade him for like a seventh round pick or something like that, um, instead of you know trading him for positive value instead of doing the NBA thing and trading for negative value. Um, that's possible, but 
I, th- I think the Dolphins might just be like, oh no, okay, well in that case we're we'll just keep them. You know, like I, these guys these guys do tend to believe in their players. So and they they picked him, you know, before they even picked Tyree Kill, they picked him, and um and they you know he was injured for part of last year. He did start to claim and share that third wide receiver position when he got healthy. Um, so they might, I, unfortunately, I, I, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out, but I, I don't think, I don't think somebody's going to trade for him. I think he's, and I think they're going to keep him. Now, River Craycraft, we know he can play, so I don't think we have to talk mm-hmm. too much about him. He'll find his way onto this roster. Is he practice squad eligible still? Well, now, uh, the practice squad can have quite a few veteran veterans on it. So, um, I believe it's what, four years of service or less or something like that. No, I mean, like you can put, you can put like 12 year veterans on your practice squad now. Okay. Like they're the, the new rules, the new rules are, are much more relaxed. I mean, I can't. Oh yeah, that's right. We had Muhammad Sanu. We had Muhammad Sanu somehow on our practice squad last year. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so I, I can't quote exactly how many bases there are on the uh, practice squad for guys of that with that much experience, but I know that it's just a lot more free form and um, and a lot, lot less restrictive. So, yeah, uh, you know, a River Craycraft could be on that practice squad. Yeah, I don't worry about him. I, th- I think that's a guy that you, know, you can count on. Uh, he was. Uh, like he really had no he had no bad moments last year except for that one pass um, that was a bad route where Sauce Gardner got that pick against Skylar Thompson that was a bad route um, you know it's it's obvious where the, the leverage was on that play and it was just a bad route he gave Skylar Thompson no target to throw to it was also a bad pass but uh, mm-hmm. I'm excited about Robbie chosen in the slot and playing some and getting deep. Uh, I think he gives them some depth to at what they want to do, uh, especially get the ball down the field. Um, I feel really good about him. And another guy that um, did have a bad moment, and that's Braylon Sanders. He had two bad moments, actually. He had a yeah. fumble against Detroit, and he forgot how to run a route against Buffalo in the snow. Okay? Now, the fumble in Detroit wasn't really consequential because we won the game. And we scored on the on the on the on the drive after that, uh, but the bad route in Buffalo might have cost them the game, maybe because that would have been another touchdown in the second half, uh, which would have contributed to the avalanche of touchdowns that the Dolphins would have had in the second half. Would have given them a, maybe a little bit bigger of a cushion, but um, yeah, I think Braylon Sanders another year in a system. Robbie Chosen, I think Robbie Chosen is, a, is kind of a mortal lock for the roster. I think he's going to be really, really good. Uh, your thoughts on Braylon Sanders? Uh, they brought him back, which is a good sign, but he did have bad moments. Uh, do you think he's not for long on this roster, or or he has a real shot? Well, the fact that they played him above Eric Azikana. Yes, and I'm going to get to him. Notice I didn't mention him. <laughs> yeah. It tells you a lot about whether whether he's got a real shot. Of course, absolutely, he does have a real shot. And that's something that we learned last year that was sort of like, you know, count out 
count out the likes of Trent Sherfield and uh, and even River Craycraft at your own risk. Because there was a point in time when if you were stacking the depth chart, just based on what you know about these players last year, you'd have had you'd have had Trent Sherfield and and River Craycraft, especially River, at the bottom. You know, toward the bottom of the depth chart. You're like, well, yeah, but this guy's got, you know, more talent and this guy. Um, and they ended up, you know, rising to the top being contributors uh behind Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle. So, you know, you cannot count out. You cannot count out Braylon Sanders in his second year in this system when in his first year as an undrafted rookie, they were playing him above Eric Ezekama. You know? Um, so I think yeah, you have to, you have to, um, you have to pay attention to that. Uh, do I expect much out of him personally? No, I, I think you nail, you hit the nail on the head with uh, Robbie Chosen. I think that's the guy that um, is going to play more than probably people think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that what he brings to the table that I think could be important is we didn't really have. Uh, somebody who could go who could go threaten deep and vertically last year uh, if Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill were um, were tapped for a different role in in whatever play was being called, um, and so I think that now that you have Robbie chosen, that that makes things different, and what it does is it frees up. You know, there was a big hole in our passing attack last year. Mm-hmm. You know, short middle, uh, or you know, not short middle, but like short uh, the short areas of the field. Um, you know, only a few yards uh, beyond the line of scrimmage and such. Uh, we just we, we just weren't utilizing it well, and uh, we did good with intermediate and deep, but you know, we didn't do so well with uh, with short. Well, you know, you could look at that and say Braxton Berrios, he he. He 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 attacked that directly. Well, he does. That's mm-hmm. true, and and I think that uh, you know um, Mike McDaniel will have some fun with him. But also, Braxton Berrios could be viewed as sort of like a running back wide receiver a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and now Mike McDaniel, you all, you almost wonder if like you know it, it, Mike McDaniel is a very enthusiastic dude, but you know easy to distract. <laughs> And, yeah. and and now I wonder if he's got Devon Achain and it's like, oh, uh, you know, forget about that running back wide receiver for Braxton Berrios thing. Yeah, you're, you're a return guy. We get it. But <laughs> um, so I, I'm not writing off Braxton yet, but it, but it is it is very fluid and, and guys could find themselves, you know, from hero to zero quicker than you think. And um, and so, you know, but I think Robbie Chosen getting back to him where he's unique is I think he's carved out something already, you know, like I, I don't think he's in danger of going hero to zero, like uh, all of a sudden, you know, I think he's already carved out a very important uh, part of, um, of what he could be fit in, uh, the way he could fit into the puzzle. So, um, so, and that frees up Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle to be used like Jalen Waddle was as a rookie where he dominated you know, he, he, he was very dominant in those short areas of the field, getting open easily and often. Um, Tyreek Hill can get open in the short areas. 
these are guys these are guys that you could you know use a bit more closer to the line of scrimmage and it doesn't always have to be deep but you have to have somebody that actually threatens those those safeties if you're going to try and do that and uh we did not before now we kind of do all right and then we have chris coleman daywood davis freddie swain tbd on all of them freddie swain we know who he is uh he'll end up on the practice squad or cut um which leads us to eric azucama like this has to be the year like you know there was nothing wrong with him last year in in the preseason games he was a star in in those preseason Mm -hmm. games he played one game and they tried to recreate the magic with him against the Jets by giving him his uh, preseason quarterback, Skylar Thompson. Uh, no magic was recreated, uh, Chris. Uh, and, um, the, yeah. That no. is unfortunate. That is unfortunate because if, if you go back, you know, we there's an entire season to forget about a guy. Yeah. But if you go back, if you go back and you actually watch what he did in the preseason again, it's, it's easy to get excited all over you. You know, he, he did some – First off, if you knew him coming out of college, you knew what he was good at. You know, right? He, you knew that he was um, he was a player that's going to be extraordinarily physical after the catch for a wide receiver. For you know, for a six foot, we're not talking about a six foot four and two hundred and forty pound guy. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about a six foot two, two hundred and six pound guy. But for a wide receiver, you know, that's an that's an exceptional area of Jamar Chase's game. I'm not saying Erica is a common Jamar Chase. I'm saying in terms of the kind of player that we're talking about where once the ball is in their hands, they may, it doesn't matter what the, the size says on the sheet. They're hard to bring down. Yeah. They're very strong. They're very strong players. And uh, Eric's Eric has a comma is a kind of player like that, but they're also training him, you know, to be a little bit more of a deep threat. I think he was Tyreek Hills uh, direct backup last year is one of the reasons why he never played. Um, so it's it's really hard to say if that's a good fit for him personally. Mm. Uh, and so it's difficult to see it. And that's why, you know, I mean, the guy might just be voted off the island. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just it's it's really it's really hard to tell. I'm rooting for him because he does get me excited whenever I watch the college tape and whenever I go back and watch that preseason tape. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's easy to get excited about. Um, and just like I think, you know, Mike McDaniel probably got really excited about him. I think he was the Mike McDaniel pick, personally. Yeah, that that, um, that play against the Raiders, uh, third and eleven, I believe it was. He catches at seven yards, runs over one guy, breaks another tackle, runs over another guy, gets thirteen yards first time. Like you know, that's like that's exciting stuff, you know. And it's yeah, something we don't I, have in the wide receiver position. What we do have in the wide receiver position is, you know, catch out at seven yards and just run away from everybody. You know, like, mm-hmm. like we have that, but it's up to Wes Welker. It's, it was, it was, it was no secret last year that every time that Mike McDaniel was asked about Eric Azucama, he deferred to Wes Welker and Wes Welker flat out said one time, Oh, he's not ready. And then he was yeah, heard from he again had, until week 18. He, he had, he had quite a bit of ground to cover, um, as mm-hmm. is what they tried, tried to emphasize to us last year, which is that. You know, hey, coming from the offense, he came from. He didn't even really hear, hear play calls. You know, coming from the quarterback and and the huddle and the stuff like that. Um, you know, he just he just had a long way to go. But you get you get to take that excuse for one year. Yeah. That's it. That's as far as that flies. 
So, um, so I think that, you know, now we're staring at a situation, you know, going back to the whole Cedric Wilson thing, if they can't find a taker on Cedric Wilson, they might find a taker for Eric Azucama. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I don't want to trade away a guy like, oh, watch him become the next, you know, whatever, CeeDee Lamb or something. But, um, but you know, uh, one, you don't think that's really going to happen, right? But, um, and two, you know, hey, the roster is, is constructed the way it's constructed. And you got to you gotta figure out what's best for your team and long-term and short. So if, if trading him is the answer, then so be it. Yeah, and one thing, uh, one thing before we move on to the offensive line. Um, last year, Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, had a massive number of snaps in training camp with with Tua Tonga and it was obviously we're trying to get them chemistry. Man, I don't remember too many snaps Eric Azukama had with Tua. Maybe they changed that this year. They don't have to worry too much about timing with Waddle and Hill and and Tua. And maybe Eric Azukama and Robbie Chosen are going to be running a lot of snaps early in camp and with Tua to get them more acclimated. Maybe that helps them. Maybe they get a, a long look at him with QB1, and maybe that'll help him. You know? I think I think what's going to help would only be if Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are sitting practices because it's like, you know, hey, we're good here. Yeah. Um, and and I think and I don't think that's necessarily going to happen um i think this offense just these coaches the way they think the way they operate i think i think you know Tua is going to play a lot with the people he's going to play a lot with um or he's going to practice a lot with a lot, the people that he's going to play a lot with and those are tyree kill and jalen waddle and and that's i mean you want to think of think of what um under sean McVay. think of the unit that was when they went to the Super Bowl at Jared Goff and they had the three wide receivers that were, I mean, they, they took, they took 11 personnel and, and that specific grouping of the three wide receivers um, to, to the field, I think something like 94% of the time it was, it was absolutely, it was absolutely ludicrous. Right. But but what it was and the goal of it was um, to to you know have these guys just all so familiar with one another that um, that they that that's you know that they can play and move around the field in all situations and in all you know in all circumstances and and so that's why you saw um i believe it was robert woods and and brandon cooks and and cooper cup and you know those guys um their their three wide receiver unit was just so dominant you know back in the day um with uh, when they did have robert woods there um and i think i think this offense is like that i think this offense is like you know yeah we're going to get to a on the field with tyreek hill and and Jalen Waddle because we want those three people to know each other so well that regardless of what we end up seeing on cha- on game day, whether we have predicted it or not, we're just going to make adjustments on the fly and that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and I think that that's, I think that's going to be the focus. That's the, that's the way I think of these coaches functioning more like that. All right, moving on to the offensive line. Teron Armstead, Isaiah Wynn start off on the pup. 
Uh, I'm not too worried about that. Uh, I talked about this on on OnlyFans. Uh, uh, when guys usually start on the pup, uh, it's because they haven't passed their conditioning test yet. Maybe it's as simple as that. I do expect those guys to be there uh, when games actually matter. Uh, the rest of this offensive line is what we're kind of worried about. Um, we like Robert Hunt. Connor Williams will not hold out, which is a good sign. Uh, I think that they're going to try to make him happy before camp is done and try to tack on a year maybe to his current contract. But I would say that the main battle on this line, because they're just going to run it back with Austin Jackson, like they're trusting him. Like they're just going to trust him. And his body looks great. He's always going to look great in camp in shorts. And a t-shirt. He's always going to look great because he's a really good-looking athlete. Long, lean, good-looking athlete, big, strong. So he's going to look good in camp. I worry when they put on pads and they actually game plan against him specifically and run those two-by-one blitzes on him. Uh, that's when I'll worry. But I, I guess we could start here, and then we're going to move on to some of these guys that are in the periphery, like Ryan Hayes, James Tunstall, guys like that. But uh, I don't think we're going to talk too much about Keon Smith. Like I don't like. I hope not. Okay. Or Cedric. Unless it's, a, unless it's a complaint about him. <laughs> yes. Or Lester Cotton. Although you know, unless we'll always have that playoff game, Lester Cotton. You know what I mean? You know, dude showed up on a Mr. Friday and played a playoff game on a Saturday. Now that's a man. Yes. Yeah, bless. Bless him. <laughs> All right. Uh, Robert Jones seems to be the, the odd man out here because I want to say this. I think that the battle is at left guard. Liam Eikenberg, Isaiah Wynn. Uh, God bless some of the people that actually do the work on Twitter uh, and put out tape. Uh, I, I forgot this guy's name, but he put out a – he had a tweet where he had like a little thread and he had some some tape of Liam Eikenberg looking absolutely spectacular. He looked like Zach Martin, okay? Um <laughs> All right, like, and I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was too hard on him. I want to dig into the tape again. Uh, no, this guy managed to find like the four or five snaps that, that Liam Michael played last year, where he did look like Zach Martin. You know what I mean? Um, he found he found the snap that they exist. Yeah, there was one in particular where he just absolutely destroyed first ballot Hall of Famer Cam Hayward. Okay. Uh, on a run play. Like, he just displaced them and then threw them across the formation. And I was like, wow, what a snap by Liam Eikenberg. And, of course, Raheem Moser had an 11-yard carry on that one right behind Liam Eikenberg. Spectacular rep. Spectacular rep. Uh, problem was that he only did it once all year. Uh, I think that's where it's at, man. I don't know. Maybe you disagree with me. Liam Eikenberg, Isaiah Wynn, loser goes home. Uh one will start. One will languish on the bench. That's where it's at, right? Or you disagree? No, I think I think that that is. I mean, if we're talking about camp battles, that's that's one of the top camp battles, and it's probably those two people in particular, um, Liam Eikenberg and and uh, and Isaiah Wynn. It probably is. Oh, okay. Um, I got to interrupt you because we're doing this in front of a live studio audience, and one of our members on OnlyFans has uh, outed himself by typing into the chat of where we're doing this show. That was me, and he put his thread. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done. (laughs) Okay. You can find find his thread on Twitter at at HaitianDolphan1. Okay. So and you know what you know what? I'm gonna retweet it right now. So okay, so, yeah, uh, retweet that thing. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm really? retweeting it right now for everybody. Okay. Um, no, it's it, it, so it's interesting because between the two of them, you would give up. You would be more inclined to give up on uh, Austin Jackson than Liam Eikenberg, but the Dolphins are seem like they're opposite. Yeah, um, which is baffling to to most of us, but you know whatever. Because um, Liam Eikenberg, you know that in his rookie year, he was obviously played in some positions where. Uh, people didn't really think he was going to play there in the NFL, and um, or a lot of a lot of people didn't necessarily believe he was going to play there in the NFL uh, out of left tackle and so. Um, and then last year, you know, it was truncated, it was interrupted with injury. You, you get it; it's it's a story that people get. Um, whether I bank on it, I don't know, but but you know he's. He's there. I think that they're thinking that Isaiah Wynn will end up taking that job. I honestly do. Um, and function as sort of a breaking case of emergency left tackle if at need be. Um, but I think they might be functioning with, with that in mind, that Isaiah Wynn will take that job. Uh, and Dan Feeney, the newcomer, will, you know, he's there. He's there to make sure nobody skips a beat if uh, Connor Williams goes down mm-hmm. to me, to me, I think so. Um, so, you know, where does that leave? I, you know, I don't know that Austin Jackson is just, I don't know. We could just write this off. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know mm-hmm. that we could just no. Well, he's, he's the starter, right tackle, hell or high water, you know? Um, no, <laughs> because <laughs> at some point, at some point, if you have a situation where, you know, I mean, think about a couple of years back back when everybody got where everybody lost their damn minds um, because uh, Jesse Davis, uh, hallowed be thy name, uh, you know, let in AJ Epineza, who, who immediately smashed to his ribs into bits. Yes. You know, um, and, and if we have situations like that on to his blind side. I don't care how slim Austin Jackson is looking uh, in his in in these uh, these video clips that we're seeing on Twitter and such. I don't know. I don't care how much transformation he's done to his body. Which, by the way, a guy a guy who already struggled with core strength now looks like a tight end. Uh, and I don't think I'm I don't think I'm less concerned about that. Let's let's just say that. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, I don't think that's over. I don't. Uh, who could who could end up in his place? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't love Jerron Christian or, or I certainly don't love Cedric, uh, Cedric Ogwe or however you pronounce his name. Um, I don't I don't see it. I don't see it with that Keon guy. Smith will save the day. You know what Keon Smith is? <laughs> Keon Smith is conspicuously bad. <laughs> yes. He is, he is, uh, you know what, there's, there's such thing as like, you know, you're watching, you're watching tape on a guy and, and you're like, this is so bad. This is, this is terrible. And, and just like, it's like snap after snap, he's so terrible. And then you, you realize that, you know, you, you've gotten into this weird, like, um, this eerie land where you're like, wait, is this, is this so bad? Like, why, why is this happening why is this guy allowed to be here even though he's so bad? And sometimes it's because, you know, hey, they see something that you really don't. 
And and that really ultra bad player, you know, could actually turn out to be something else. I, I an example in the NBA right now. I used to watch in the in the summer league last year with the Heat. Orlando Robinson was was pure trash. <laughs> I mean, he was and in, in summer league he was trash last year. I mean, I was I, I watched quite a bit of it and. Well, to be um, fair, to be fair, uh, he's improved drastically offensively. But no, I could, I, but well, I could score has, forty points on him uh, in the post. Well, <laughs> but but I mean, but he has improved dr- dramatically, and and you know the Heat, who obviously have a very good reputation for identifying and uh, developing talent, but um, they they saw you know it was he was conspicuously bad, you know it was like wait why are they keeping him around? Well, Not only that, they kept the promoting dog. him. They gave him the two-way yeah. contract. Then from the two-way contract, they, they guaranteed the contract. And then from the yep. guaranteed contract, they gave him a roster spot. So That's exactly he kept right. getting promoted yeah. as he kept getting worse in our and, eyes. And, and, now he's, and now he's in summer league. He was, one, he was one of the two or three best players in summer league this year. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the whole the whole league. So Keon Smith was a lot like that, though. Because every time I watch him, it's just like, it's just like he's our punching bag, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Here's he, he's the guy. He's the guy that's screwing up on every play. It seemed like, um, but the Dolphins kept him around. They continue to keep him around, uh, and they see something there. And so, I, at some at some point, I'm like, okay, well, he's kind of on that conspicuously bad um, end of things. That doesn't mean I think he's going to turn out because I don't because I think he's trash. But um, but it is it is interesting. You know, uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. Kendall Lamb, I think they're going to keep on the left side. So I don't think that I don't think he figures in. And, and we're have, optimistic. Have to, I think we're all three of us are optimistic with, with Kendall Lamb, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, he has some he had some good snaps last year. It wasn't very many, but, you know, it was, it was some good snaps. We'll see. I've watched him in his career. He can play. Uh, I have no idea what they plan with Ryan Hayes. Mm-hmm. I really don't, you know. I don't know. Maybe you do, but uh, but I have I have no idea what's what's going on there, um, or or James Tunstall for that matter. Uh, James Tunstall, I do know what kind of player he is. Uh, he looks like a very big, you know, hefty, hulking, uh, reliable player. At least as far as not being physically overwhelmed. That doesn't mean mm. he's not going to get beat. He will get beat, but um, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know what about Ryan Hayes though. I'm, I'm I'd be interested to talk completely... to him. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't lie to me. Uh, a lot of these guys want to lie. You know what I mean? The one yeah. guy that never lied to me, and he ended up becoming my buddy, was Andrew Van Ginkle. I remember one time I asked him, you know, so if, if it were up to you, what would you be doing? I'd be rushing the passer off the edge, blindside, fifty times a game. <laughs> yeah, like that's what I want to do. I'm gonna ask Ryan Hayes, man. Where would you like to play? And where do you think you play best? And hopefully he doesn't give me the canned answer of, I'll play wherever they play me to play. <laughs> they put me to play. Yeah. You know? Hopefully I mean, he'll say... Nine, 90% he will. Yeah. You know, hopefully, you know, hopefully he says what I suspect, which is, I'm a left tackle. So I'd like to back up Tehran. Yeah. You know? Maybe something like that. You know? Or maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe it's right tackle. Who knows? Um, yeah. It's still unconscionable to me that they've get, that they have zero backup plan for right tackle beyond Austin Jackson. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. Uh, Even if you take aside the talent question, the guy the guy has has had health issues, right? Yeah. So who plays behind him? 
Like, that's a question. That's an open question for anybody. Feel free to answer that if anybody listening knows. Yeah, and before and, and you know before moving on, uh, I know people have been asking. Oh, Zach Martin's really really unhappy. He's unhappy with thirteen point five million dollars due to him to play right guard. Uh, yeah. There's no chance whatsoever that he is in any plans as far as like trying to pick off yet another disgruntled player. Like this one's mm-hmm. way too expensive, and he's fabulous. He's a fabulous player, but no chance whatsoever. Like this is one that I will say no chance. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, although it'd be nice, right? <laughs> it would be nice. Uh, he magically falls from the sky onto Miami Gardens. Uh, where do you play him? You play him back at his right guard spot, or you, you try to put him at left guard and have that little sexy center of the of the offensive line? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think I think that's probably where I would head with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I and I guess just. Because what? What's the alternative here? We're talking about... Moving Robert about, Hunt to right tackle and playing yeah, Zach moving, Martin at right moving guard. moving Robert Hunt to right tackle and, and, and then trying to trying to do it that way. You know, I just... I just don't know. I just don't know if that, that's actually... They've resisted it so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, it's probably that, not that, in the cards. Yeah. That's probably not. And there's probably a reason for it. You know? It, it's not that... They, Hey, he he did play there in the the playoff game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I looked at those snaps. Not it good. wasn't great. No, it was all right. It wasn't great. It was passable, great at all. like in an emergency. Yeah. Like I, you could see how we could get by on it. Well, you know, frankly, like some of the guys that were already playing there, like Brandon Shell and stuff like that, it, mm-hmm. it kind of looked like one of their games. Yeah, yeah, you know, n- unspectacular, uh, barely competent mm-hmm. is the way I would yeah, characterize and- it. And, and so, and which I was hoping to see much more than that, right? We're we're hoping to get the rev, you know, angels come down from the sky, the clouds open up, you know, revelation stuff. Like, oh my God, this guy, this guy is should be our right tackle, you know. So on, and, and it wasn't that kind of game for him. It doesn't mean that it couldn't eventually be if he were trained on there, but but maybe that's that's why the dolphins are resisting is like you know hey he really is just the right guard he's not he's not that he's not that dude at tackle yeah robert jones i don't think we're going to spend too much time on robert jones uh, i'm i'm just surprised that he's he's he did, at least by you know the way he's being listed on some of these depth charts um yeah he's not getting a real opportunity to to play uh he's essentially robert hunt's backup as of right now uh, I don't think we could keep too much time on him. Um, I think we can move on to tight end, um, unless, unless you, you really feel that the disrespect is worth going on a dissertation about, uh, or do you? Uh, no, not really. I, I just don't see the fit in this. Uh, this I like him as a player, by the way. He's an NFL player. Like you know, not to yeah. not to take a dump on him. Uh, I like Robert Jones as a player, um, not necessarily to start, but if he's on your roster, he, he's earned it. He's a like I don't mind him stepping in at left guard or right guard if if need be, and that might be the Dolphins' position on him in total yeah. is like you know hey he's not the best fit for this offense, mm-hmm. but we still think that he's an NFL player, and so we're going to continue to develop him, keep him around, um, you know, and and maybe end up trading him off or something like that. But you know he's an NFL player, and and that's. Or at least that that might be what they're they might agree with you in that. I don't think he's an NFL player personally, but yeah, okay. that's 
um, you're making big fans of Keon Smith and Robert Jones. One guy's trash, and the other one guy, the other one is not an NFL player. Uh, hopefully, they're not listening this, to this. This is, this is not going to be this is not going to be released for public uh, dissemination, is it? Uh, <laughs> yes, it, uh, you know, nice and loud and wide. It's going to be released. Yeah, uh, well, and I'm screwed. Let's talk tight ends. All right. Uh, I don't think we need to talk about Smythe or, or Saubert. Or for that matter, Tyler Croft. We know why they're here. Uh, there's two other guys. There's three other guys, actually. Uh, Tanner Connor, Elijah Higgins, Julian Hill. Julian Hill has some fans. He has some good tape, too. But you actually have to see it to believe it. You know, to see if, if he's actually an NFL player, if he's going to actually be a contributor. Elijah Higgins, we know he's a good athlete. Tanner, Tanner Connor, as soon as he was asked to play football, he threw up all over himself. Including a very consequential drop against the Jets. Very consequential drop against the Jets. Um, I'll make the bold prediction right now. Uh, Tanner Connor, it never got better the more he got promoted last year. I don't care how fast he runs. Maybe he just can't play the position. I think Elijah Higgins will prove to be in that role. I think he'll, he'll supplant him in that role as that pass catcher. And I'm, I'm willing to say Tanner Connor's probably dead man walking as of right now. Um, are you as optimistic as I am about Elijah Higgins? Uh, I would be optimistic about him, except I've you know not heard, not heard anything about him. Uh, they've they've obviously already done some work out there, um, and I've just not. I've just not heard a, a dang thing, which doesn't doesn't really mean anything. We know that, but like, you know, if if we're gonna say Tanner Connor's dead man walking, Elijah Higgins has replaced him, then I would have expected to hear something about Eliza Elijah Higgins by now. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, we're getting you know Tony Pauline actually just today talking about um, Julian Hill. Yes. And saying that the people in the building are, you know, kind of buzzing about Julian Hill, mm-hmm. and um, they 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 can't wait until the pads go on and come on and so on and so forth. Um, I don't necessarily buy that. I've watched Julian Hill play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've watched. You know, yes, I did. I did watch Campbell tape, um, specifically because of him. It's not like I just covered Campbell. Um, <laughs> But you know, I I didn't I didn't necessarily see it, especially in in some areas that I think they're going to naturally want him to take a um, to to show off his prowess in the strength and blocking department. Um, we'll see. There, he is big. He's a big player, um, and and I think that they it wouldn't surprise me if they like him. Um, but I you know, I, man, I'm 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 not sure. Actually, I think based on intel, you know, Elijah Higgins could start to heat things up, I think, in training camp. Uh, I think he is a practice player. I think he is a guy that impresses defensive backs and such when he's out on the field and in training camp and, and starts uh, starts catching balls. So we'll see. We'll see there. He, he, he by all means, should get first crack. Um, I do think Eric Saubert's going to play, though. All right. I think we can move on from this unit since uh, we actually have to, have, you know, we have to see it, uh, and now I'm going to have to start seeing it 
beginning tomorrow, uh, since we're recording this on on a, on Camp Eve. Uh, moving on to the running backs, there's not much to talk about. I think we, we you know, we got this 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 room kind of pegged. Um, Devon Achain should get a lot of snaps in in preseason. Uh, he should get a lot of snaps, period, because he has to get acclimated. I'm interested to see if he's you know any good in pass pro. Uh, I've seen some of it at some of his tape at Texas A&M. It's not all that great, but maybe he's improved. Uh, as far as the fullbacks, John Lovett is on is on the the longest uh, rehab ex- assignment in the history of football. This will be the second year where he spends an entire camp and never plays. Uh, so it's kind of we kind of know that the fullback will be Alec Ingold. But what do you make of this running back room? Well, you know, how's Miles Gaskin still here? Um, that's but you know that's that's one thing. Uh, Actually, he could he could make it again. I could I could actually foresee um, a a future where he's on the fifty three man roster again. Uh, no, I, th- I think you have it. It's Raheem Mostert. People don't people don't give credit enough credit. I think for how well Raheem Mostert played last year, coming off of injury, uh, you know, and he had some things against him. And he went out there and played like he went out there and played like he didn't have anything against him. You know, he he went out there and played like I think you know we're we're comparing or we're looking at Dalvin Cook for example, and, and it's like carry for carry, Raheem Mostert had a better year. Um, and and I think and people are like, oh, you're absolutely nuts to say that. Well, you know, hey, I'm not saying what they'll be next year. I don't know what they'll be next year. Dalvin Cook is a you know, has been a premium player. I get it. Um, so he could be a premium player next year. Raheem Mostert could get hurt and miss 15 games. I don't know. Um, but but I will say that, you know, carry for carry last year, Raheem Mostert was the better player. And he was one of the better running backs in the league last year. He doesn't get credit for that. Uh, he says he feels healthy. He's still got the speed, which is part of what's so impressive last yeah. year was right away in camp. You know he's coming off that injury, but right away in camp he's blowing out he's blowing out the uh, you know the catapult uh, meters and stuff with uh, with with speeds, and um, and now I think he's you know even healthier and and so we'll we'll see. I mean he could, I'm hoping he goes through sort of a late career, you know, uh, spurt of health that you know it's always inexplicable what these guys do from a health standpoint whether it's get injured all of a sudden after not being able to be hurt with an act um and then suddenly they're out of the league or you know guys like frank gore just never miss it down somehow or Mm -hmm. um so so i'm hoping that he goes through because he's he's that kind of player um behind him Devon Achain obviously uh and they're gonna get him they're gonna get him touches that's where I that's where I kind of wonder about Braxton Berrios as I mentioned earlier is um you know maybe Mike McDaniel starts like hey I want to see the I want to see Achain a little bit more than I want to see Berrios mm-hmm. um you know because Berrios already has the return job right he's yeah. gonna be in the game he's gonna be active um on the game but you know they're gonna want to see Achain a little bit um Savan Achman obviously mm-hmm. played well didn't play much but he played well every so, time he was asked uh, every time he was asked to play he played well and when he was asked to he, play a lot against buffalo in the snow he was really mm-hmm. really really good so yeah and and 
no surprises there. He played in this offense. That's where the Dolphins got him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Dolphins got him from the 49ers. Yeah, I feel good um, about this group. Even even without Dalvin Cook, and I don't think we're going to talk. We've been talking about Dalvin Cook for months now. Uh, I don't know yeah. what else we can add except that, you know, uh, I, I can tell on I can tell you on this on this podcast. Uh, I stand by my, my my report. He was offered a contract. Okay, that's uh, he was offered a contract. Period. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my sources. I don't know if it's the same one as Barry Jackson and and Jeff Darlington's, but mine is pretty damn good. He was offered a contract, okay? Now, he yeah. doesn't want it. That's another story. I don't think we can add anything else on Dalvin Cook. Well, but he's I- probably he's probably playing with semantics, playing semantics games by talking about, you know, whether he had an actionable offer or not. Yeah, like, like um, he was probably offered something that he looked at and summarily dismissed. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? You know. And, or, you know, so yeah, exactly. So... I don't. I don't know about him. I, the feeling I get is that the offers aren't. It, the offers aren't enough to get him to sign. Yes. Right now, which is a short way of saying something quite obvious. But I mean, it's because duh, he hasn't signed any anything. But what I mean by that is is that could change as days go by. Um, and it could be that Dalvin Cook, you know, it's like, why won't you make a decision? But what if his decision is that these offers aren't enough money for me to risk my body in training camp? Yeah. You know, and that's that's his decision. Y'all, y'all are offering me enough money to come in right before the season starts and carry the ball and play my role. And and so that's all I'm going to put on the table for you as a team. Like, you know, and so he's going to sign with somebody right on the, you know, right, right before the season starts, quick, get acclimated with the playbook. All right, let's roll. This is all, this is all you're paying me to do. So this is all you're getting. You know what I mean? It could also be that he's, he's sitting around and he's saying, you know what? Maybe Christy McCaffrey remember, remembers what it was like to be injured for like 10 games or whatever. And now San Francisco has a Super Bowl roster and they're a little desperate. And yep. and they'll throw him five million dollars guaranteed. You know what I mean to play out the balance yep. of the season. Like bottom so- line is, bottom line is, there's not much negative to him holding off on signing a contract right now. All he's doing yes. is saving his body from that risk in training camp, and and the, and and waiting and giving other guys a chance to get injured, which could end up being you know as you say like a windfall for him. Yeah. If the right guy gets injured and all of a sudden they're, you know, they're, they're going to have to phone up Dalvin Cook. So there's no, there's no, there's not much downside right now for him to just say, you know, sit back, keep training. Yeah, and those teams are all over the place. Like, what happens yeah. if something happens to to Tony Pollard? They have nobody yeah. else. Exactly. So I mean, he, yeah. there's no downside there. He's just gonna, he's gonna keep in shape. He's gonna keep training, and yeah. you know, I, I think that a lot of people in and around the Dolphins will attest to his shape. Um, because you know he's he's been in the Dolphins' orbit for a while, um, and and we'll see. I, to me, I didn't think that he was going to sign with anybody on the eve of training camp. I thought the offers are are so low, he's going to decide. You know, hey, this is all you're paying me for, so this is all you're going to get. Which is to say, no training camp, no preseason. Mm-hmm. I'll come in, I'll learn your playbook. It's not going to be that hard for him. Um, I think. And he'll come in and, and take his his half share of the carries, uh, which is all that people are trying to pay him to be. And they're not paying him to be 
you know, capital D Dalvin, capital C Cook. So, um, so I think that that's that's probably the decision that he has made right now. And until somebody else, and so until somebody else ponies up a bigger offer, then that's that's how it's going to be. All right, and this is, uh, I guess we could end it right here. Uh, last camp battle, I think, uh, is Mike White, Skylar Thompson. Uh, Skylar Thompson showed me enough in that Minnesota game to to make me think, you know what? He could be a backup in this league because that was some, some pretty good tape against the Vikings. Um, I think uh, penalties hurt that game for him. Other than that, he was terrible against the Jets. He was not very good any other moment in, in the season I don't think it's a real battle for the backup spot I think Mike White has that is Skylar Thompson in any danger of getting cut oh here's here's what I think I think that there's going to be three three quarterbacks on the on the 53 man roster so in some ways it, it is kind of a moot point mm-hmm. um, you know because the loser here is not going to find himself just you know, booted. Okay. Um, so all three players are probably going to be on that 53 man roster, especially the way the rules, uh, have been changed yet again about the, um, the active active game day roster and the emergent, the presence of an emergency quarterback. I think now behooves teams to once again, have a third quarterback on the roster, um, that they can use as emergency quarterback. So I think, and I don't think they're going to risk either Skylar Thompson, who, by the way, had trade offers in for him at the end of the preseason. Mm-hmm. You know, so in terms of, hey, can we cut this guy and get sneaking past waivers? Well, right away, you know that a year ago he had trade offers. Yeah. I, did did he look so bad in the regular season and starting that game in Buffalo, which they nearly won? Um, you know, did he look yeah. so bad that that's going to change the minds of those teams that that offered something for him coming out of preseason, where he was Mister Preseason Quarterback? You know, if you remember, yeah, um, he was Mister August, basically. You know, as far as uh, preseason quarterbacks go, um, is that going to change people's minds so much that the Dolphins are like, oh yeah, we can sneak him by? No, not at all. Uh, so they're going to keep they're going to keep three quarterbacks on the fifty three man roster. I would stake a lot of money on that, um, and and so it's probably moot. Now, which one, Mike White, Skylar Thompson, ends up backing up to uh, um, directly? It's interesting because the guy who backs up to on game day, you know, technically on the you know non emergency, the number two quarterback might not be the guy who actually starts the game the the game if Tua is out for you know the games that Tua is out for any length of time and and what I mean is you can see a situation where Mike White is his backup like on some on some game days but then like there's an injury and Skylar Thompson is going to be the guy you know all week heading into the heading into that week it they play weird games I think sometimes with it and so all things are on the table, uh, but all three guys are going to be here. So it's probably, it's probably moot. All right. I think we can leave it there. This was your training camp preview, all one hour and 20 minutes of it. So I, I don't, I think we've covered every single thing we can. I don't give a crap about punters. And I know somebody out there is saying, talk about Michael Turk. Talk about, no, no, we're not. Okay. Once they start punting, and once I see them put, punt, 
Uh, I guess we'll talk about it on a future podcast. Uh, next week, we will have some of these practices in the can, so we'll be able to talk about them. Uh, although the Dolphins frown upon too much detail. Okay, but that's it. There is no more. We will talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.